Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today is Deborah Reagan, and our topic is Getting Through Mother's Day. For Deborah Reagan, a research specialist at the University of Tennessee, being a good mother was always foremost in her life. Why then had her youngest son, Clint, had so many problems? Her question was answered when Clint received the dual diagnosis of bipolar disorder and a drug addiction. With this diagnosis, Deborah felt a hope for cure, but then her life was changed forever when on August 6, 2005, Clint died at the age of 20 from an accidental overdose and bronchial pneumonia. Getting through that first Mother's Day was pure agony. Deborah has written about that day in her essay, Mother's Day Trail Message, found on thegrieflog.com. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Dr. Hattie. Hello, Dr. Gloria. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, Deborah, the way I connected up with you, I think you sent me this wonderful little uh, essay you wrote um, a, a whole year ago, didn't you? And I was so impressed with it, I said, oh, she's got to be on before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I think you had mentioned on the show that we could send people could send things in and you would post them on your new blog at that time. Yeah. And so, yes, it was about nine months ago, something like that. So I had thought, well, you know, maybe it was something you might be interested in posting on the blog. Yeah, so we've got it posted on there right now. And Heidi, do you want to give it just a short rundown on it because you were so impressed with it's it? It's very powerful, and, and I know that Deborah could say it better than I could. But um, Deborah and her husband went hiking. And while they were hiking, and I think, was it Mother's Day, Deborah, that you went hiking? Yes. Okay, it was on Mother's Day, and you were hiking, and you looked down. You were really thinking about your son and how much you missed him, and you looked down, and there was something written in the dirt, right? Yes. And it was a Happy, Mo- Happy Mom's Day love from your sons. That's correct. That's and correct. Uh, you were wondering if maybe that had, it was a message from your son. Yes. Uh, as I say in the essay, Mm-hmm. You know, we had not met any other hikers that day, uh, members of our other family that knew we were going hiking, but they didn't know what trail we were on or anything. And so it was just amazing and shocking that we came across this message written in the trail. Yeah, and then you had kind of a little another sign later on, and we'll save that for our listeners <laughs> to read <laughs> so they can find that. But but that was so, you know, and that's one of the things maybe we need to look for on this Mother's Day a little bit. Don't you think some little signs or messages, uh, you know, they're around. Absolutely, if we're open to them, yes. Yeah, so that might be something, you know, people want to think about. Well, Deborah, Heidi and I were saying that it's not often that we have somebody as newly bereaved as you are on the show. Only, what, two years? Yes. Well, not quite two. This August will be two years. Uh, and so that will be your anniversary this August. Wow. So it's yes. only been a year. It's not even been two years. That is newly bereaved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered, uh, you were talking a little bit about your response to the show. And how did you hear about the show originally? At, at the Compassionate Friends meetings. Uh-huh. And then you started listening. Yes. Oh, I just couldn't. I couldn't wait for the next week to hear the next show. And you had commented about you know changing your music. I didn't even pay attention to the music because I was just was looking forward so much to just hearing what you and Heidi had to say each week. 
that I didn't even notice the, the music before. And, and what about the shows did you find did you find helpful, Deborah? Was it was it just the messages that people brought in that they've been there? Yes, okay. yes, and that uh, you have such a wide variety of people in different stages and different circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to make a connection in different ways to the different people guests you had on the show. Yeah, it's interesting listening to the guests because I think that most guests, something they say I can identify with, no well, matter correct. how different their circumstances are. Yeah, and it brings a lot of richness into it. Deborah was talking a little bit about how she gets support on the Internet, right? Yes. And uh, uh, through emails, through your show and through emails. Yeah, and and how you can email someone and uh, it's kind of an amazing thing. And I was saying, however, I think that we do still need to reach out physically to people and maybe do some groups and around people, particularly maybe around Mother's Day we might want to find some human contact. Do you think so, Heidi? Yeah, I think we definitely need both, yes, and um, because you can get very isolated and only have your computer, which is great because you have a, commu a virtual community 24 hours a day, but like you said, nothing replaces a hug or just a touch on the shoulder or a look, you know, or just being in, in a, another person's presence, especially if they've been through the death of a family member. Yeah. Because you know that they get it, even if they don't talk, say it. All they have to do is look at you and you, you, you think, you know what, you've been where I am, you know what I'm going through. Absolutely, but Heidi and I do send big hugs to all you out there, don't we, Heidi? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Great big hugs. Well, Deborah, I want to talk a little bit about Clint. I'm sure our audience uh, would like to know a little bit about him. He was uh, a lively guy, uh, a fun guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he was very lively. He livened up a room just by walking into it, and if he gave you a hug, you knew you had been hugged. <laughs> but, uh, and, um, but I think the trail message gave me, was the beginning of giving me permission to forgive myself. Ah. Um, and the forgiving yourself was around what? what? What did you need to forgive yourself about? That I wasn't able to fix everything for him okay. because we'd been through a lot of turbulent times mm -hmm. with the bipolar disorder and the drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And we'd had some good times, but we'd had some tough times too. And I think, you know, as a mom, you just, you put this burden on yourself that you're going to, uh, fix everything for your family and particularly your children. Yeah. And um, so I went through a lot of the should haves and the regrets and the guilt early on. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I believe this the trail message was really the beginning. Of course, as you know, as you know, and you talk on your show, I mean, it's it comes and goes like waves, and it's up and down. So it's not just been one straight upward line, but. Um, I feel like that was one of you know one of the beginnings. Of now, yeah, you have another son, right? Yes, I do. I have a 25 year old son, and yeah, go ahead. He yes. just graduated from law school, he, right? He just graduated from law school and passed the bar. Which is amazing. <laughs> so we're very proud of him. And what I'm amazed about the story is, as you were saying on break, is that what is your son's name? The one that's surviving, Blake. Greg. Blake. Blake. Okay, Blake, he was in law school when Clint died, and I'm just fascinated by that because I know how challenging law school would be, and to have to concentrate after your little brothers died, it must have been very, very hard. It was, it, uh, but he was very strong. He he took care of his dad and I, and then he also, you know, was able to keep continuing in law school and continue with his studies. It, he's just been amazing. That is unbelievable. Now, and maybe in a sense, law school helped him by letting him focus on law school and not always thinking about Clint. 
I think so, too. So he had some structure. What about the first Mother's Day with Blake? What was he doing? Well, we we spent some time together and uh, went to the zoo and then... Oh, now, I like that. So you did a little activity seeing animals. Wonderful. Right. It was actually something we had done many times as a family when they were younger. Uh And so I guess that was, in a way, a connection to our family activities in when they were, you know, younger boys. And then my husband and I later then went on the trail on the hike by ourselves. Don't you love the zoo idea, Heidi? Yes, because it is zoo that you can... The animals are funny, and you're laughing, and there's a lot of positive emotions going on in an emo- during an emotional day. And you also with other people. Did you do you remember yearning and searching and looking for Clint at the zoo? I that's kind of interesting because it was so early for you. Not particularly, maybe that day at the zoo, but certainly other places we have been. I have found myself. You know, searching for him, and even now, the corner of your eye, you think you see someone about the same build or the same dress, and so yes, definitely. In other occasions, I have. Yeah. So for those folks out there, you're not going crazy. No, <laughs> we were all doing it. Right? I, I still believe it or not. Twenty years, over twenty years later, I saw Scott two days ago. I thought. I mean, I still see people that look. A light, you know, occasionally that really look like him, and I have to do a double take, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. I know he's dead, you know. But, yeah, it still happens. Your mind plays tricks on you. Yeah. Now, tell us about this Mother's Day. What are you going to do this Mother's Day, Deborah? I think as a family we're going to uh, go and have dinner and then go to an aquarium. Ah. That's great. That's a great idea. Now, who comes up with these ideas at the zoo and the aquarium? <laughs> Blake. <laughs> oh, he does. <laughs> Good. He knows how to get his family going. I like that. Yes. That's great. So he says, Mom, why don't we do this this year? We'll go to the yes. aquarium. But you know what I like best, Heidi, is that they do it. I agree. That you do it, that you don't say, you know, I don't think so. I feel right. too sad today. Exactly. I'm sure it wasn't easy to kick yourself up to go to the zoo last year. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, of course, you know. Each day is a hard day. Right. And um, But I found that Heidi mentioned earlier, and I have heard it at our meetings and in other situations, I heard it said before, and I believe it to be very true, the anticipation of a day coming up, I think, is greater than once the day actually gets there. So, so today could be a really hard day for our folks because it's Thursday and, the, and Mother's Day is Sunday. Right. I found that to be true, that... The anticipation was far worse than the actual day. Okay. Not that the day was easy, but it's, it was the anticipation was worse. Right. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other thoughts about this coming up Mother's Day for them? Any special things that you did or do? Well, I think that, first of all, as speaking from my own situation, that it's more of a frame of mind that once I began to be able to forgive myself for the any regret, self-imposed regrets of not doing everything perfectly all the time, and then uh, and being the perfect mother on Mother's Day, right? Right. And I start early on. Someone uh, proposed the idea that one day we might get to the point where we would see that we had received a gift uh. from Clint's death. And, of course, at first I just couldn't see that happening at all. 
But then gradually I can see that. I can see that the gift, one of the gifts I have received is that I have a much deeper and wider scope of relationships now with people, much deeper. And like I said, I, it, my, the span of relationships is so much wider. Uh-huh. And particularly with other mothers, you know, we just have a real network now. Now, is uh, that through the Compassionate Friends? Uh, it began there, and it had, again, it has just widened, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I received a lot of support from work, support from the Compassionate Friends, and then just so many other people. Even your work relationships have become stronger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I feel like... Yeah, oh, go ahead. I feel like, in general, all of my relationships have gotten on a much deeper level and mm-hmm. wider. That's great. So, so you felt like people were able to reach out to you and say, I'm so sorry about what happened. I'm so sorry that Clint died. That People were able to do that, it sounds like, even in work. They didn't yes. avoid you. No. And, and of course... Different people do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Some people it's just a smile. Some people, you know, it, it may just be uh, a good morning mm-hmm. every morning. And um, I learned to just, that, that was one, I guess, one thing, too. I learned that it, if I tried to focus on the negative things, maybe that somebody hadn't done something for me or they hadn't mentioned Clint's name or I felt like they should do this or that, which I went there for a while. But it took so it, it created such a negative energy and, and drained what little energy I had left that I found, and it may have even been on one of your shows that got me started on um, this path, that I had to just accept whatever people had to offer me. I like that. And, yeah. Even like you said, even if it was just a smile, it didn't have right. to be words. And that they were giving giving to me what they felt, what they wanted to. I had to just accept it for what they had to offer. And the more positive I started trying to look at things, mm-hmm. the more energy then I began to grow inside, that I could feel growing inside me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I tried to just um, take more of what was offered in the way it was offered. and um, I like that idea because sometimes all someone might have is a smile, you know, especially if they're not really sure what to say or how to react. That might be all that they can give you at that time. Mm-hmm. Or a touch on the shoulder. Or mm-hmm. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, very, very good thoughts. Well, um, now it, I want, for those people who just tuned in, I want you to uh, know that Deborah's... Um, son Clint died what just a year and uh, it'll be two years August mm-hmm. yes that's correct so um, you've really had some experiences coming along how have you found this second year have you found it difficult uh, yes and no I mean I can tell that I'm going forward uh, but then in a heartbeat I can be right back into the very depth of that heavy grief you know at over anything mm-hmm. and at first that was very discouraging because I thought, I just don't think I have the energy to pull myself back from this again, you know. And then I began to learn that even though I could go to that same depth, I didn't have to stay there quite as long as I had been initially. That is that, such a good point, Deborah. Well, again, we're talking uh, about Mother's Day and getting through Mother's Day. And uh, Heidi and I have talked, if you're just joining our show, about the fact that Deborah is 
very newly bereaved mom. Uh, it's only been a year, and it'll be next August. It'll be two years. So um, it, it's very, it's great having her on because she's really giving us some thoughts about how difficult this day is for for you all, and and about the journey and how she's uh, come along and uh, was talking about uh, how things have gone at work. And we've got a guest, and when we come back from our guest, I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about the people at work and and thoughts about that. But we've got Katie uh, on the line, right? Katie, are you there? Hi, I am. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Where are you from? I'm from Knoxville. I actually work with Deborah. Oh, great. Good. Good. I, I just wanted to tell you that that she is probably the most wonderful person you'll ever meet. Oh. Even through all of this that she's been going through, she's always been there for everybody that ever needs anything. Oh, that's great. And I just thought you guys should know what kind of a great person she is. I uh, love that you called to say that. That's that's so wonderful. I do too. It's great, and it sounds like you people are great at work, also because Katie's they are. are. They are. I, I think we try to be. She's. Um, I don't. She's probably one of my dearest friends. Um, I've got a seven-year-old, and and she's just adopted her, and always is sending her cards and gifts, and you know, through all of this, she's always you know, helped everybody else. Well, Katie, can I ask you a question? Uh, because, you know, the show, we have a lot of listeners who are fairly newly bereaved. And I, I'd like to know, just from you as an observer, what's your take on this and uh, what's your thought about the newly bereaved people? Do you have any thought about how, how it is for them and, and what you think people should say or do? or? You know? Oh, you mean me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, I've never really experienced you know, having a good friend that that's had such a grief. Um, I just know that all I could do at times was just give her a hug when you could tell that she was just not having a great day. Uh-huh. And there were times that she would say, I'm just not having a good day, and I'd try to go down and talk to her. And, and I think a lot of people here at work knew that. We just always kind of knew, I think, when we needed to step in and, and maybe give her some extra lovings and kisses and, and let her know that we're thinking about her. And it's amazing you did that, Katie, because we have so many guests on that say people avoid us. They don't talk. They don't know what to say, so they say nothing. They're not there for us because they don't know what to do. And so the fact that you were there giving her love and hugs and listening to her is is fabulous. I don't know. I guess I guess you know we you know this group that she works with. We deal. You know we. A lot of the contracts and stuff we have deal with, you know, children and that, and that type of thing. So I just think we have a lot of comp- compassionate people that work here, and mm-hmm. and we're just like a big family. That's and great. So I think when us? one person yeah. hurts, then we all hurt. So you're at the University of Texas, and you're at Tennessee. No, University of Tennessee, Tennessee, and you do social work grants um, and things. Yeah. Well, I actually do the accounting part of it. I don't. Uh-huh. I don't do all that hard stuff. I just do money. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Well, thank you so much for calling in. And, sure. and it sounds like um, for our audience out there, um, you know, I have to say, and Katie, tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like Deborah knows how to let people know that she needs help, mm-hmm. too. She does. Yeah, she's a wonderful person. So there are people out there who will help you, but you need to let them know mm-hmm. that you, you think you're having a bad day. Yeah, and she does. She let, You know, she may not tell everybody, but I, I think certain people know. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so Thanks, much for Katie. calling. We right. appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that's great, right, Hyde? Yeah, it sounds like you work in a wonderful place. 
I do, I do. And I can tell you who the best huggers are around here. Too. <laughs> 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 they kind of made up for all the Quince hugs I missed. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the hard things about work, though, right now in our uh, society, because there's some people who would like to touch you that are afraid to because of discrimination and, you know, um, my husband sometimes says he'd like to put his arm around a woman at work and give her a hug who's had a problem, but it's it's difficult to do now. Well, and also I think people are afraid if they hug someone, they're going to completely fall apart and not be able to get it together again and go back to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think true. that could be true. true. So we've got another caller, Heidi. We've got a Deborah. Are you there, Deborah? Yes, I am. Oh, welcome to the show. Hi, Deborah. Thank you. Um, could you tell us something about what you're uh, calling in about, and do you know uh, yes, our guest? Deborah and I happen to be um, kind of met because of our sons. Um, I lost my son seven years ago, mm-hmm. and I was. Um, and what was his name? Dustin. Uh, Dustin. Dustin. It was a car accident, and I'll never forget the Sunday that I was in Sunday school, and they announced that uh, Deborah and Allen had uh, had lost their son, mm-hmm. and it's like I couldn't get out there fast enough, you know. Uh-huh. And even when I got there. Uh, they weren't there, but Blake was there. But I just, I knew that you needed to have someone there. You know what I mean? And it was like I, I really couldn't get there fast enough. And, and we've, we've bonded. And, 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 and the good thing is when you've got a friend who is not, when you're further along than your friend, it gives you a chance to reflect back on what has worked for you and what hadn't worked for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it, it's, it's, you reach out, but you end up reaching in. Oh, I like that. When you uh, reach yeah, out, you yeah. reach in. Isn't that great, Heidi? Yes. And I'm wondering, Deborah, what, what worked for you, for our audience? Well, part of it was being very, very honest, uh, finding a couple of people that I could just say when I have a bizarre thought, you know, what, I mean, what it was. Like, for instance, like in, in Sunday school and stuff, they would go around asking prayer requests for high cholesterol, you know, and a part of me just wanted to go. Come on now, you know, and just have <laughs> someone that you could say that to, right. and that didn't judge you. And then, as time went on, I was the one saying it. We have a, a another couple in our class that uh, lost their son, and, and about two months later, I said something to him. I said, "Are the prayer requests getting on your nerves yet?" And they go, "Yes." And they were surprised. They didn't think anyone felt that way. <laughs> so I think a lot of it for me was really analyzing it, and, and like with Mother's Day. I always do something a little different each year, but the first couple of years, I would always try to reflect back what part of it didn't feel good and what part did feel good so that I could remember it for the next year. You know, I tried mm. to build. Oh, uh, I like that you're trying to build. And also, if you didn't like something that went on at Mother's Day, you were saying that you can find somebody to talk to about it. Exactly. And, and what I also found, too, is it is my Mother's Day, you know, so if right. I'm in the middle of something and I decide we need to do something else, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean, and and my That's family, a good point. My family you, will do that. I like that. So if you're going, if you're doing something, it's not working out. You can just say, you know what, this isn't working for me. Let's do something else. That's yeah. That's a good. That's right. good advice. And some of the traditional stuff would really get on, on my nerves. Like, like what? Help, held hands while you're around the table before you said prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, that just broke my heart. So I told everyone when they come to my house, I said, you can pray on your own. You know, I said, right. we're not going to do that. And and. And, and now I'm to the point where it doesn't bother me if I go to someone else's home, you know. But just feeling like there was some part of it I could control, I could say this doesn't feel right or, mm-hmm. or, or this does feel right. And, and also realizing people really do want to know something that will help. And, mm-hmm. and so when you say I don't want to do that anymore, they're almost relieved that you're, that you're talking, you know, mm-hmm. and you're saying something about what, what doesn't feel good. 
That, yeah, that's a good idea because uh, sometimes people don't know and right. uh, they have no idea what, right. what is irritating and what's not. So you, so you need to speak up for yourself as a mother. Exactly. And let exactly. Know. Because it is your mother's day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you need to yeah. remember that it's, it's getting you through it. But also, and I think it does have to have other children in a, uh, because you do have to keep a certain part of it the same. Right. But yet you can you can kind of... If you control one little part of it, you feel you feel better, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be something that's really big, you know. But one of the things that uh, that I was that I that bothered me the first year in particular was that I was afraid I was going to lose a memory, mm-hmm. and I absolutely drove myself nuts trying to remember what exactly what we'd done the year before, and and what I what I've realized as time goes on, the more relaxed and the more I just get out there in the world, the more memories just come through me. It's more like I'm a conduit, you know, and it and it feels really good and and that was a real big fear I had that I would I would forget something. All right. Mm-hmm. Now what will you be doing this Mother's Day? Uh, this Mother's Day we were gonna go to uh, like Deborah to to the zoo. Uh, uh-huh. but my daughter broke her ankle so instead <laughs> we're gonna be Staying at home, we have a little garden that we have done in memory of Dustin, and, and ah. it's a really good place to cook out. And in fact, our daughter got married in it, and so it's nice. a good place. And we have a convertible, so I have to get outside where there's some sunshine. Uh, Very nice. Well, thank you so much for Thanks, calling, Sarah. in. Thank you, and uh, enjoy your Mother's Day in your garden. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye bye. Well, what some great ideas, and what nice friends you have, Heidi. Can, do, you, do you want to talk a little bit about work? We were talking about that earlier. About work? Uh, yeah, about um, uh, friends. I, I had a question about um, how Clint had died. Oh, okay. I was wondering, that right now. I don't know if this is, this is kind of work-related because I'm wondering if people in general, uh, if you felt there was a stigma attached to the fact that Clint died of an accidental overdose or not. I, I don't think so much at work did because mm-hmm. of where I work in the social work department. So... You know, the folks around here are more familiar with those type of, of problems. Mm-hmm. But I think outside of here, I did. But I've come to learn now uh, that a lot of that, I think, was just my thinking, that mm-hmm. I've grown to, to learn that most people just feel compassion for us and right. that they do just want to give us a hug or, you know, if not a physical hug, just an emotional hug. Mm-hmm. And that they, you know, I'm sure, you know, there might be a few people who might um, wonder or think about uh, the way he died. But it also helped me a lot. On, and through, I learned about the Library of Life through your show. Oh, yes, it, I read your, I've gone to your site. It's great. I wanted to mention that, yeah. It helped me a lot to write, be able to write out my feelings there and perhaps tell people who wouldn't ask me in person maybe what we had gone through or about Clint. Uh, it helped me just be able to write it out, and, and I think maybe it helped other people to be able to read that. But, yes, Heidi, to answer your question, I definitely felt a lot of stigma at first with everything involved with uh, Clint's death. and But then I've, I've slowly begin to, you know, forgive myself. And like you said, some uh, of it might have just been your perceptions. Oh, right, definitely, definitely. And, and what, what exactly did he overdose on, just for our listeners out there? To, because I feel like, you know, Clint's message will save other people, other kids from overdosing. Um, was it a certain mixture? I mean, we had somebody on here that actually died of a mixture of uh, antidepressant and methadone, so I didn't know what he had taken that had killed him. 
he had actually gotten morphine patches from someone. We don't know where he had gotten them, and we don't know that he had ever used those before. Okay. He had used other things before, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, we didn't know of him ever using that, but, but he, um, the coroner's office is actually the one who found them up under his shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was morphine patches and the fact that he had pneumonia. Yes. Right. Wow, that's they had found other pills under his bed, but that uh, bottle was full, and they counted those, and they were all there, but uh, then later they were doing an autopsy, and they found the patches. Mm-hmm. Now, did he, uh, was he at your home when he died? Yes, he was. And you came in and found him? or My husband did. Oh, okay. My husband did. We have a caller, so we want to make sure we take them now. And our last caller, if you've been on the show with us, it turns out that it was Rochelle. And uh, now we've got Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi there. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for calling in. And uh, you've got a question or a thought? or uh, Do you work with Deborah? Um, I did. Oh, we worked at, I worked at UT with Deborah, and we um, we hit it off right away. We worked together for a couple of years, and we... Um, would go walking every day. She's really fit, and I'm trying to get fit. <laughs> so we would go walking on our breaks and everything, and we, we just hit it off. We both had two boys, and both of us had a, a son who was battling a drug addiction. Ah. And then um, and we talked about our boys. We talked about how to help them, and we, we just we prayed for each other. We talked to each other. We were really there for each other. And then she lost Clint mm. in August of 2005, and then I lost my Gabriel in August mm. of 2006. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. Oh, so, so sorry to hear this. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, we've, I, I just feel like it's really blessed to be, to have a friend like Deborah, and I'm sorry what happened to, to both of us, but I... Um, I now, how long has it been for you? It hasn't even been a year yet, right? Right, August 14th. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And, well, take care of yourself. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. doing pretty good. I've got a lot of good friends, and... Um, the reason I wanted to call is because I know it's about Mother's Day, and um, you know I believe my Gabriel and I believe Clint are—they're um, still alive. They're just in another world. Uh-huh. I really strongly believe in the afterlife. I believe in God and the afterlife, and, mm-hmm. and I take a lot of peace and comfort in that. Good. And um, I just believe that they'll be with us on Mother's Day. And uh, just, like, just like I believe that little note to um, Deborah on the trail. Right. This was from Clint. And so you've read that beautiful little essay she wrote? Yeah, yeah. She told me right about it the next day after, after Mother's Day because we talk all the time and we email every day. Uh-huh. Your, your boys are in a place of peace. Yeah, right they now. Sure are. They're no, no longer tormented with the addiction. Absolutely. And yeah. um, about Mother's Day, you know, I've, I was blessed with a really strong mother. She worked really hard. She was a single mom to take, raise my sister and I. And I had two really strong grandmothers, and I've got a couple of aunts that are just spectacular and have been really there for me. And on Mother's Day, I'm, I don't even really think about my own motherhood. I'm pretty much thinking about appreciating the motherhood of, of people that have been mother figures to me and my, mm-hmm. and my mother and, um, and all the women out there that are ministering to each other, people like Deborah. Deborah's always there for people. If somebody loses a child, she, she'll write a card to, to the funeral home and say, please forward this to somebody, even if she doesn't know the people. You know? That's wonderful. And um, on the Memory of website, there, there's forums, and they're always encouraging each other. The mothers are, and they, on your child's birthday, they, they email you a little something, and it's just it's really beautiful. Um, right, so go to the Library of Life. Yeah, Library of Life. Have you put one on for your son yet? Yes. Great. And like yeah. you're saying, you can reach out to other mothers on Mother's Day. Yep. Yeah, and, and think of other mothers. You know, there's some folks who don't have any children at all, and there's an association called Alive Alone 
that you can go on the blog and uh, on the website and take a look at Alive Alone if you don't have any other children. And I love the idea, Katie, that you're saying that you can think about your parents or your grandparents Mm -hmm. or other women in your life that have been important to you, and, and you can also celebrate their lives. Yeah. That's great. Well, listen, very good luck to you and on your journey. And you're, uh, I'm very happy that you've got a wonderful friend like Deborah. And take yeah, care of yourself. <laughs> take care of yourself this Mother's okay. Day. Thank you. Thanks, okay, Katie. bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, what a great caller, huh, Hyde? It's wonderful. Yeah, good to hear. We just wanted to, got a couple more minutes, and I wanted to know if, uh, Deborah, if there's something more you want to say, and also you, Heidi, uh, before we close our show. I guess I want to briefly say that that Clint was. Uh, we were talking on break. He was a he was a wonderful kid, and that somebody is not their addiction. They're, that the addiction is a disease, and that they're, they're more than that. And I guess I wanted to say that for everybody out there, and that you can be the best parent in the world, and if someone has a disease, they can have an accidental overdose, regardless of how well you parented them and how much you love them. And I know Deborah was a wonderful parent. Well, thank so. you. We tried, like all parents do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, Deborah, did you have anything you felt like you wanted to say to our audience out there before we close the show? Well, you know, Heidi said it very well, and I had made that comment on Clint's site, in that Clint was so much more than just the way he died. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, along with the talk earlier about the stigma and the site, the, the Library of Life site gave me a chance to write down my thoughts and to share our family history uh, and the way we, the Clint we knew with folks who maybe didn't know him as well. And it helped me to put my thoughts together and so other people could see that he was, that he was more than his addiction and, and the bipolar. And um, that these kids are... So much more than that. They, Clint had a generous heart, and he he was very compassionate himself and very creative. But this was just a battle that right. was greater than he was. And if you want to go to um, his site, you can go to, and we'll put it on the blog, but um, uh, www.clint-reagan, like Ronald Reagan, R-E-G-A-N, dot memory, dash off dot com and you can also get in there through the library of life um, I, I assume it's an open site that anybody can yes. go to yes, so any, anybody can go in and you can leave him a candle and also you can go to our site uh, on the grief blog and leave Scott a candle for library of life too well Deborah thank you so much for being on the show and good thank luck you. to all you on Mother's Day and to all of our wonderful mothers out there You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.